The safe empowerment system for social anxiety is 50% off. Go to quietbegins.com and enter the promo code BRAIN50, that's BRAIN50, during checkout and you'll get the discount. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. I got an interesting topic to talk about today. I think I mentioned it back in December of 2019. And um, since things have changed since then, if you're listening to this in April of 2020, we are in the midst of a pandemic and a lot of people are at home and um, a lot of people are out of work and a lot of people are stressed and anxious. And maybe that's you. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen next. So we're in the middle of all this. So this is a good time to talk about perhaps not getting closure. And what I mean by that is when we are in the middle of something or we don't have all the answers or we're just waiting for something to complete, we feel like we're walking around or we really are walking around in a state of uh, unfinished business. It's that feeling you get at the end of a cliffhanger movie where something happens and you just want to find out what happens next. The cliffhanger thought is, oh my God, the main character is hanging off the cliff and here come the credits. And now we're stuck with this thought. You know, it's like the end of Inception. There's a an openness feeling. I won't tell you what the end is if you haven't seen it, but uh, you get this feeling of, well, what happened? What happened after that? Was that what I think it was? And you leave the movie with this unfinished feeling. And they do this with like TV series. They leave a cliffhanger at the end of every episode to force you. <laughs> they don't really force you, but it feels like it. They force you to watch the next episode because you just have to know what happens next. What happens to the main character? I need to know. So I'm going to tune in again. Uh, that's a good thing to do when you're in media because it brings people back. It's a good idea. I mean, it's a psychological trick. It's uh, influence and could be seen as manipulation. But I think it's an ethical manipulation because you're just following a storyline. But that's what the brain loves. The brain loves to follow the story and get completion of the story. That's why you see some movies that um, have a cliffhanger ending, but probably that's the best place to stop the story. Unless it's just a huge cliffhanger and you just need to know, which, you know, there's a lot of movies like that, but some movies give you that sense of closure. 
So you walk out and you think, wow, that, that really gave me a sense of closure. I mean, you may not say those words, but that, that made me feel really good. Or that just left this uh, creepy feeling in my gut. You know, <laughs> it happens in some movies. Uh, but you get this, and maybe that's not the closure part, but when you feel good about something, there's usually a sense of closure there. And I think it's because the brain loves closure. The brain loves to finish things. It loves to solve the mystery. And to stay in the puzzle or the enigma, it can drive you crazy. That's what leads to, leads to obsessive thoughts, is that the brain wants closure. The brain wants to know that it's okay to go on to the next thing because I've solved this mystery. Now let's move on to the next thing. And it makes stuff up. So you might go through a breakup and the breakup happened without uh, really talking about it, suddenly they left you or something. And then you'll think, well, why did that happen? And you'll feel it. You'll feel like, well, I, I don't know why that happened. Everything was going fine. And then suddenly he or she left. What do you do with this feeling? It's unfinished business. I look at that as obsessive thoughts. I mean, because as soon as you realize that you want more information about something and you can't let it go, that is obsessive. I mean, you are obsessing over it and that may be a little bit too dramatic. You know, it's not going to be that intense because sometimes you just want to know. Like I had a relationship way back when and a long-term relationship. I thought this is it. This is going to be the person I'm spending the rest of my life with. This is before my marriage. And what ended up happening is she broke up with me and all she said was, it's time. That's it. <laughs> she, just, she just said, it's time. And I was like, what do you mean it's time? She said, it's just time. Time for what? Time to break up, I guess. And that's what I was left with. And uh, I saw her like once or twice after that, um, but she never really gave me any explanation. It's just time. And I had to struggle with that. In fact, I went into a depression because of it, because I was so attached to the relationship. I was so deeply enmeshed in the relationship because I used her as my source of happiness, as my source of worthiness, my source of feeling valuable, my source of feeling important. Everything that I needed, I drew from her. Not everything, but you get what I mean. There was a lot of me connected to her. And then when she left, there went a big portion of how I showed up in the world. It was a big portion of my identity. So when you are enmeshed or heavily involved with someone and you have a uh, an internal reliance on a lot of the relationship components. For example, love and happiness. And let's just say that you couldn't be happy without this person in your life. Let's just say they you were in a relationship and they left. And you were happy when they were with you. But now that they're gone, your source of happiness left. So this is what I mean by enmeshed when you are so dependent on the other person for your happiness and your meaning and purpose in life. I mean, really deep stuff that 
when they leave, for whatever reason, a big part of you goes away. It disappears. And, you know, it sounds defeating. It sounds awful when I say that. But it really is true in a lot of cases that when you are so attached to so many components of the relationship, to them as an individual, they are no longer an individual. You are with them and we are us. That's why when someone leaves our life, you know, it could be romantic, could be a friendship, could be family. When someone, it feels discounts, like someone discounts us or someone leaves us or someone blocks us, someone stonewalls us. They just put their hand up and say, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, this is over and they walk away and we never get closure. It hurts, of course. And then we're stuck with the thoughts and the feelings of what did I do wrong? And this feels awful. And what do I do to make up for this? And how do I fix this? Because we want the relationship back. Because if the relationship comes back, our happiness will come back. And our feelings of calm and peace will come back. And we attach so much of our of our identity to someone else. And believe it or not, and I'm going to throw this out there, and it's, it's not exactly 100% true. And I'm not saying that you are like this if this is you. Because we all do this, I think, to an extent, is that um, there's a narcissistic trait. When, when someone is a narcissist, they will treat other people as an extension of themselves. So what that means is you'll have this, I'll just use the typical scenario because most narcissists are men, but there's many, many women that are. But I'm talking about full-on narcissistic uh, personality disorder where a male narcissist will be married to a woman and that woman becomes his property. And it's not even that. That's not even right the, way, right, the right way to say it. It's not like a slavery thing, but it probably feels like that. Uh, it's more like she's a part of him. And what he says goes. And he controls her like a right arm or a left arm or another part of the body. He controls her as if she is him. And how she shows up in the world, in her thoughts, her behaviors, her friends, all have to be what he wants. Not what he wants for her necessarily, even though, even though that's true too, but what he wants. Because she has to do what he wants because she is an extension of him. So she is now someone that's no longer an independent thinker. She is someone who's no longer can maybe go out with her friends like she used to or uh, have the hobbies that she used to or have the freedom to study for a class. She is now basically him in her shell. And this is why I hear the comment when people get out of an emotionally abusive or narcissistic abusive relationship that I am now a shell of my former self. Well, you are because what is filled in place of you is the other person. And so the reason I tell you this is because many of us, if not all of us can do this, we can be with someone and we can want them to do things that we want them to do and uh, show up in a way that makes us feel good and uh, gives us some sort of satisfaction and makes us happy. Many of us can have this narcissistic quality that causes someone else to be an extension of us. And 
the way that relates to what I'm talking about today with the lack of closure or unfinished business is that when someone stonewalls us, which is basically cutting us off and not talking about something anymore and uh, leaving us behind with all these questions, when someone does that or leaves us or breaks up with us or fires us even without any seemingly reasonable cause or any clue why they did it, and we end up obsessing about the why, it's because there may be, and this is going to be a little controversial, there may be a little bit of narcissism in us for us to think that we're so darn special that they should tell us everything. (laughs) Now, I know that sounds awful. I know that I'm going to be 100% wrong with certain people. And if that's you, I apologize. But I want this to be a consideration only to help you get through some of these obsessive thoughts if you are dealing with a lack of closure or unfinished business of some sort. Emotional business, typically. But anything that feels unfinished or you have questions about. I want you to think about, I want you to think about when you want to know the why. For example, if somebody left you or disconnected from you or blocked you or fired you or whatever it is and you never got the why, when you want to know the why, consider the possibility that there's a tiny little narcissistic tendency in you to believe that you have a right to know. And this is this is so awful for me to say because I am all about you being amazing, you being special, you being important, and you being selfless, being compassionate, being caring, unconditionally loving with everyone. You know, that would be my ideal for you. And I should motivate you to go in that direction. Uh, but this kind of turns it around and tells you, hey, you got a little narcissism in you. I'm not saying that to offend you or insult you. I'm saying it to help you use it as a consideration in your thought process if you are dealing with a lack of closure. So the reason I say this, the reason I want you to consider that maybe there's a little bit of narcissism for me to want to know is because when you consider yourself so special that you deserve to know what ends up happening is that you walk around in life kind of miserable. And I don't want you to be miserable. I want you to be able to look at today and go, you know what? That happened. I don't know why, but I'm just going to move on. That would be the best case scenario. I'm just going to move on. I'm going to focus on what's in front of me right now. And I'm also going to move on with my life because I may never know why that person did that or why they fired me or why they left me. I may never know why they said that. I may never know why they think I'm a jerk. I may never understand it. They may never tell me. I may never hear from them again. I may never see them again. I may never, ever know. So it's important for you to accept that that is truth. You may never know and that you really may not have a right to know. You know, most things. There might be other things that you have a right to know, yes. But I'm going to say this. If someone broke up with you and they didn't give you a reason and you are still befuddled by it, you still have no clue why they did it, 
and it confuses you. And every time you think about it, you get this bad feeling. I'm going to say they had every right to change their thoughts, to make a new decision, to change their direction in life, to move into a new space, to have some sort of epiphany where they think to themselves, gee, I don't want to be in this relationship. I think I'll move on now. They have every right to do that. And you may not disagree because you know you have that right too. You may not disagree with it. But where I'm going with this is when you start with that, with that somebody has that right to make a new change in their life, to move into a new direction, you also have to give them the right to do it without telling you why. That's the worst feeling. I know it is. I'm not saying that it's good that they do that. I'm not saying that it makes for a copacetic life. I'm not saying that it makes you happier. I'm just saying that when we extend the right for them to change their mind, for them to have a new perspective in life, to want to experience new things, and we also extend the right that they can also do it without telling us the reason, then we are no longer accessing that narcissistic quality. And what that means is if you see yourself as someone that doesn't have to be told everything, even though you're fully involved, then you're not so attached to the comment, I have a right to know. Again, there are certain situations if someone's carrying your baby, you have a right to know. (laughs) If someone's infected with a catchy disease, you have a right to know if you're hanging around them. I mean, there are things that we have a right to know. And then there are things that we want to know. And sometimes we won't. When my girlfriend broke up with me and she said, it's time. That's all I got. And I cried and I got into a depression a few months later. And I went through a lot of healing and a lot of reflection. I finally decided that I needed to move on. I mean, this was sort of during my healing, during my reflection, that the thought came to me that I need, I need to move on. I am stuck looking in the rearview mirror and my life is going slow. That's what was happening. My life was slowing down. And day after day, all I could think about was, why did she do that? Why would she leave me? And, you know, there's some, I'm going to say, narcissistic thoughts in there. Why would she leave me? What did I do wrong? It was all about me. I was always blaming me. It's not all about you. In fact, it's not about you. When someone does something and doesn't give you a reason they did it, even though it affects you, when someone does something like that, it's never about you. I mean, you're in the mix. You're in the formula. Absolutely. You're part of the equation, but it's almost never about you. It's their thoughts, it's their perceptions, it's their beliefs, it's their right to change their mind for any reason. Just like at that time, it was my girlfriend's right to change her mind and say, you know what, I need out of this relationship. Sucks to be me, but she wanted to get out. She wanted out of the relationship. Why wouldn't she tell me? Why couldn't she tell me? Maybe she was afraid of hurting my feelings. That's no excuse. I should know. I have a right to know because you're affecting my life. That's true. She is affecting my life, but is she required to tell me why she no longer wants to be with me? Sure, we might have assets together. Sure, we might have, uh, you know, you might have kids with somebody else. I mean, there's, there are going to be 
things that you do have a right to know because you're going to need to know what to do next. But at the same time, if um, you're in a relationship and someone says, I don't want to be with you anymore, and they don't give you a reason, well, now you have the data, you have the facts, and now you got to take the next step in your life. So you will have to do some preparing or post-pairing instead of, instead of preparing, preparing after the fact. And you're going to have to make changes yourself, and it's going to be hard. But you may not know the reason. And you also may be stuck on, I have a right to know. And we don't. And, and this, again, might be controversial. We don't always have a right to know. Because I have a feeling that if you wanted to leave a job or leave a situation or leave a person or do something, call someone a jerk, block them on Facebook, whatever you want to do, you have a right to do that at any time in your life. You have a right to do that. And you also have a right not to give someone a reason. That's your right, just like it's somebody else's right to do that to us. And yes, I I would love to know all the reasons that people have that they do the things they do. At the same time, do I want to be so focused on why they did that to me? I'm tapping into that narcissistic tendency that would cause me to obsess about why they would do that to me and also the narcissistic tendency. And these are just slight narcissistic tendencies of thinking about what I could have done better, what I can do to fix it, what I need to do next so that it doesn't happen to me again. Uh, And these aren't all narcissistic necessarily, but the reason I'm asking you to consider that I have a right to know and I should know and all this other stuff to consider that's related to narcissism in any way is to help you get over the obsession of continually thinking about why they didn't tell you or what the reasons are that something happened to you. Because sometimes you don't ever find out the reasons. Sometimes you'll never, ever know. Sometimes something will happen and you'll be confused. It will hurt. You'll go through the challenge And then on the other side of it, uh, it may take a while to get to the other side, but on your way to the other side of it, you have to reach that point. After the grieving of whatever happened, if there's grieving, or after the shift from who you were and that part of your identity felt taken away from you or lost, now you have to rebuild. Rebuilding is not looking in the past. Rebuilding is not looking in the rearview mirror. Rebuilding is looking at what you have today to work with and what you're going to do tomorrow. And rebuilding is all part of nurturing, self-nurturing, self-love, self-compassion. Because again, you may never know why somebody did something or why something happened. So when you think about what lack of closure you're carrying around or unfinished business that you're carrying around, I want you to think about this, and this may be probably the meat of it, the meat of getting closure when you can't access it in any other way and you can't stop obsessing about it are uh, two things, actually. One of them is listening to my episodes on obsession. Go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and type in the word obsess or obsession or obsessive, and you'll find some episodes where I talk about that extensively, and that's going to help. But two, remember this. Closure comes from the signs leading up to the end of something, not the end itself. Let me repeat that. Closure comes from the signs that lead up to the end of something, 
not the end itself. And what I mean by that is if something happened to you and you don't have closure, think about all the signs that led up to that end or change. And let me give you an example. During that long-term relationship where the woman said, uh, it's time, and we broke up, I can now, 15 years later, look back and see those signs clearly. And I can also tell myself, of course she broke up with me. Now I know why. It took me 15 years to figure it out. It took me, well, maybe less because I figured it out a few years ago, but 12 years, 11 years. It took me a long time, a decade, to figure out why this happened. And I may not be 100% right. I may not be right about why it happened. But in my mind, I've reached closure. And what that means is I looked at all the signs of how the relationship was starting to dismantle, starting to dissolve. And the love was starting to go and the sex was disappearing and other things were happening that were causing a big rift and a disconnect. And knowing what I know now about emotionally abusive behavior and when you show up in a relationship without authenticity and when you're not communicating and I used to be a big people pleaser back then, all these dysfunctions that I had were in that relationship and I can look at that relationship and say, of course she left me. That makes perfect sense. And in my mind, I think there's my closure. Doesn't mean I wanted it to happen. Doesn't mean that it's actually true. Like I said, it just means in my mind, I put the pieces together. And this is what I mean that I put all the signs that led up to the end. I put them all in a big pile and I didn't worry about the end itself. The breakup happened. It's just a bullet point. It's just a fact. The breakup happened. Okay. What are the signs that led up to that breakup? And I took all these signs and I, they're all in front of me. I'm just making a visual here. And I fit them together of a bigger picture. And it pointed out that there were things that I was doing that I should have done differently and her too. But I'm only worried about me and my side of this and my responsibility. But there were things that I was doing that led up to this breakup. And I can come to a bigger picture and look at that and go, oh, I was showing up this way. I never expressed myself. I was never authentic. I never showed her my other side. I only showed her my people-pleasing side. I never did this. I never did that. I was always maybe possessive or I was jealous or whatever. I had all these dysfunctional qualities about me and I could put all those pieces together and realize that makes perfect sense. Boom, closure <laughs> for me. I know it's not always that easy, but that's part of this process or this entirety of this process is you look at all the signs that led up to the thing that you do not have closure around. You put those signs together so that you can form a picture or some sort of analysis where you can say, okay, it could have happened because of this. And then you just accept it as truth so you can move on. And that truth may have some pain involved. That truth may have some realizations like, oh my God, I was such a jerk. Or that truth could also be, there was nothing I could have done differently. I showed up in every possible way I could have. That's also closure. That's also accepting you for who you are. Just like 
I have to look back and accept me for who I was back then, even though I didn't like that guy. I love me, but the way I showed up back then, I don't like that behavior. I could say if I saw somebody else doing that behavior, I would know the result of their relationship too. So the way I showed up, I did not like that behavior. It was dysfunctional and it was definitely detrimental to our connection. So I can look at that and see that that behavior was not healthy, it was toxic, and I don't like who I was back then. But I accept that that's how it was, that's how I showed up. I accept that I had all these deficiencies, I might call them that, uh, all these toxic elements, and I choose to take responsibility for how I showed up in the relationship, in, in life in general as well. I choose to accept that's who I was and that's how I showed up back then. Just like if you can look at the signs that led up to the end of whatever it was for you or whatever event happened to you and say, well, I did the best I can. And, you know, I look at myself like that too. I did the best I can back then, even though I was toxic, I was still doing the best I could because I didn't know any better. And just like if you didn't do anything wrong, if you didn't do anything toxic and you can look at this and go, well, I showed up the best way I could possibly show up. Then you have to accept it. You have to. You, if you don't accept that, then you don't believe it. You have to accept that you showed up the best way you possibly could have. Because if you knew any other way, you would have done that. And if you knew of any other way and you didn't do it, then you didn't have the tools to do it. You didn't have the confidence or the surety of yourself or whatever it was. You didn't have the right resources so that you could show up in a better way. So this helps you get out of any self-deprecating thoughts. This helps you clear up the toxic elements of the past to think about all the signs that led up to whatever changed or shifted in your life that you don't have closure on and come to a place of acceptance of you showing up the best way you could have shown up whether you knew it was toxic or whether you knew you did the best you could and there was nothing toxic about it and takes you out of the mode of trying to figure out what the other person was thinking, why they did what they did. It takes you out of that because it's a closure. Acceptance is closure. If you accept how you showed up back then and you put all those signs together and you come up with some sort of bigger picture and that bigger picture shows that you either showed up in a way that you appreciate and you like or you show up in a way that you don't appreciate and you don't like. Either way, you accept that's how you showed up and that's the results you got regardless. Then your acceptance closes it. I'm not saying it's super easy. I'm not saying that it's going to happen right away. But it does give you something else to consider instead of obsessing and waiting for somebody else to give you closure. Because the whole reason we're typically walking around with this unfinished business feeling is because we're waiting for someone else to tell us the reason or why they did something. And we could wait all our lives. That's why it's important for you to become your own detective, figure out what you can, put all those signs together, make the bigger picture, and realize that the closure will come from you putting together the picture of all the signs that led up to the end of it. But don't look for the closure in the end itself. The end is the end. 
the shift is the shift. It happened regardless whether you wanted it to or not. It happened. So now we have to look at the signs. And you may find that the signs point at everything that they were doing. And because of what they were doing, it might have been unacceptable to you. And you just didn't say anything about it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've talked to one person in a couple that said, you know, he or she does this behavior and I really hate it. And I give them dirty looks and I withhold love and affection and they still don't get it and they still do this bad behavior and they know I don't like it. And I ask, well, do you ever tell them, hey, when you do this behavior, I don't like it. Will you please stop? They say, well, I don't say that exactly. I just, you know, I'm, I'm more passive about it. They may not answer in that those exact words, but that's what I get is that they're more passive about it. They're more passive aggressive. So they even leave themselves in this unfinished business state because they don't ask direct questions that should get a direct answer. And, you know, I'm not trying to put them down or anything. We've, I've done this a million times in my life. Uh, we've probably all done this in some way, shape or form. But when you don't ask a direct question, knowing that the direct answer might be hard to hear, you're going to feel a lack of closure. When I look back at my relationship with that woman, um, there were many, many things I could have brought up but didn't. Why didn't I do it? Well, I was afraid of confrontation. I was afraid of her leaving me. I was afraid of so many other things that I just chose to wait it out and hope it went away. You know, her behaviors that I didn't like or whatever she did in her life that uh, bothered me, even though what she was doing was, you know, not a threat or not really a problem in a normal relationship, but our relationship wasn't that normal because I wasn't. I was dysfunctional. And because of that, I couldn't handle communication well. I couldn't be direct. I couldn't show her all of the qualities that I have now. So I showed up in a way that wasn't communicative and I didn't find out what I needed to find out earlier so that I could have made decisions that either helped the relationship or changed the direction of the relationship so that we might have to break up faster. I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to deal with it. So I chose not to. I stayed silent. And you know, a lot of the times we do this. We don't want to talk to someone. We don't want to confront them. We don't want to bring it up. We don't want to get yelled at. We don't want to upset them. We always have that excuse. I don't want to upset her or him. So we don't want to bring it up. Yet, if we don't find out, then we have this feeling inside of us of, oh, I wish I knew, I wish I could say something, I wish they would stop, and it doesn't go away. And we actually create this lack of closure in ourselves because we're just not direct enough sometimes. So, you know, that's another conversation for another day, but I believe that can be very helpful to you when you have a lack of closure that you're walking around with, and it's because you could be self-perpetuating it. And you just have to be careful what you self-perpetuate. If you're not sure about something and you don't ask about it and you're not direct about it, you may never get the answer. But, you know, in this episode, I'm talking about closure from somebody that, uh, that you may never tell you. They may never give you the reason. So I'm hoping that what I'm sharing in this episode, in this segment, will be enough to give you a step forward instead of being buried by all the obsessive thoughts that you might have about it, you need to get out of that space. And if you've been in that space, it's time to get out. It's time to climb out of it. 
it's time to stop asking why did they do it? Why, why, why? And just put some pieces together, put all those signs together and accept that they had a right to change their mind for any reason. And because they didn't tell you the reason or give you enough information to go on, you just have to remember that they have a right not to tell you too, just like you have a right not to tell other people about why you do things. And yes, it's an awful, awful feeling. And I'm sorry if you're going through it. I am sensitive to that if you're suffering with that. Um, but at the same time, my goal is to help you focus on what's in front of you right now. We tend to take advantage of so many things in our life, our partners, our jobs, our family, our situation. And what better time to look at everything that you may have taken for granted and uh, choose perhaps a different perspective of those things going forward. You know, we're in April 2020 and we got this COVID-19 thing going on. What better time to, to look at what you've been taking advantage of? And maybe you haven't. Maybe you're not that person. But I think a lot of us can look at this and go, man, I used to take advantage of how much toilet paper I owned or how much food I had in my fridge. I mean, some people are really suffering. Some people are sick. Some people have died. And we have to look at this and think, what have I taken advantage of? What have I taken for granted? And maybe now is the time to really look at that in myself. And also, what am I delaying? What communication have I not done with the people in my life that I am delaying, that I need, if I need to ask a question or tell someone to stop doing something that they're doing to me or start doing something that they're not doing with me, what information do I need to start adding to my life so that I can reach some closure with things? Because there's a big difference between being abstract and saying, I'm not feeling our loving connection anymore and saying something like, you know, you used to hug me a lot. And now you don't. What's going on? There's a big difference there. Even though they imply the same thing, you know, we're losing love and connection. But when you're more direct like that, you may know the truth if there's a question like that. But maybe you don't. But don't stay in your own closed box. Open that box so that you can get the information you need to reach closure before something shifts, before something happens. And you get into a better space. And let me give you this final thought. You have to determine if you like yourself and if you feel good being yourself. Because if you don't feel good being yourself, then you're probably not being yourself. And I'm ending it with this because when you think that you did something wrong or you could have done better or you should have done this or you should have said that, when you're in that state, that unfinished business state of mind, then you really have to question if you're actually confident in yourself, if you actually appreciate yourself, if you respect yourself. And the reason I say that is because if you're questioning what could I have done differently, then it implies that perhaps you should change. And yes, that could be true. Maybe there's changes that you need to make for you, but make sure they're for you, not for anyone else. So when you ask the question, do I like myself? I hope you get a yes, but if you don't, maybe there's something that you're doing that causes you to feel that way. Maybe it's something that you believe that somebody else said about you that causes you to feel or think that way. And if that's the case, then it's more important than ever to self-nurture, self-care, self-love, and do all the things that if you were your own best friend or your own healthy parent, if you didn't have one, and what would they say to you? 
if you showed up as your own healthy parent and said, I love you so much and I just want to see you happy. What do you need from me? And you might have that conversation in your mind's eye and I'll see where it goes. That you know, There's so many ways I talk about self-esteem and self-worth on a couple episodes. So definitely look for that at theoverwhelmedbrain.com if you're dealing with that. But I've, I do notice that when we start questioning ourselves, what could I have done differently? What should I have said? That obsessiveness doesn't go away easily until we realize that, yes, I am showing up the best way I can. I showed up then the best way I can. And of course, I can improve. I'm always trying to improve. But I have to accept that I may never know all the reasons. I, I just may never know. And if you say, well, I need to know, it's not true. You don't need to know. (laughs) You want to know, but you don't need to. In most cases, like I said, that's because people, they change their mind. Like I said, they can suddenly not like you. They can suddenly be unhappy that you're around. They can feel unsafe around you. They can think you're a bad employee or a bad wife or husband or a dangerous person. They can think an infinite number of things and none of it may be true. And they still may not want to be connected to you. And it's not that you're not special. It's just that everyone has the right to change their mind for any reason. And it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make life easier. But we all have that right. And we all have the option to move on without other people in our lives. And it's just a fact. It's just the way it is. That option is there for you and me and everyone else on earth. And I'm going to reiterate, that's why it's so important to focus on what you have now and what you want for your future. And when you're looking for the signs, I guarantee you, or I can almost guarantee you, that you'll find ones that you either ignored or didn't take into consideration that something was starting to shift anyway. I can almost guarantee that because hindsight is always a clear perspective as opposed to being in the thick of it where you'll miss the bird's eye view. Closure comes from putting all those pieces together and getting your big picture. And if the other party wants to give you closure and tell you why they did what they did, That's great. That's just icing on the cake. But if you were ever in, for example, a narcissistic relationship and they moved on to their next partner and they didn't tell you anything, and believe me, the victims of narcissistic abuse have experienced this tenfold where they're in a relationship and then the narcissist leaves, gets into another relationship really quick, and they seem like they're having the best time and they're the happiest where you're left after a 10-year, 20-year relationship and you're thinking, He or she just left and I have no closure. I have no idea why they left and how could they find someone so quick? Did they ever love me? All these questions start to invade your brain when in reality, narcissists are looking for their next supply. They need that next extension of themselves. This is why I'm asking you to be aware of any type of tendency that you might have to make someone more like you or be like you uh, and think like you and act like you because if you are focused on that, then what you end up with is always drawing from them like they're your supply. And that's why I was mentioning the narcissistic tendencies that we may all uh, have inside of us that we have to be really careful who we're using as our supply We don't want to feed off people. We want to have a symbiotic relationship where we're both equal and we both have independent thoughts. And yes, we have the right to change our mind at any time for any reason. We may not like it. 
It may not be, quote, right in some cases, but the option exists and we have to realize it exists. So that's why it's important to consider what I've said in this episode so that you can move on. Because if we all have the right to do it, then it can happen anytime, which means instead of focusing on what happened in the past, let's continue to work on ourselves, improve ourselves, be the best person that we can be, and knowing that anyone can do this at any time to us, so what can we do to show up as our best selves so that if the end happens, we can look back and say, I'm a damn good person and I don't need anyone else to tell me that. So whatever they're going through, that's their issue. When you can get into that space, you really got it going on. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And when I come back, I'm going to say my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words. We'll be right back after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to head over to quietbegins.com if you want 50% off the safe empowerment system. I've decided to leave that uh, Brain50 coupon code available indefinitely for now. It's the financial nature of the world right now. I know that a lot of people are struggling and they're trying to make money. They're trying to save money. They're trying to not to spend too much money. I wish I could give it away for free, but I'm in the same boat as everyone else. So we're kind of all in this together and I'm trying to do my part. And uh, I think the anti-anxiety product that I have is a really good one. So if you're looking for that and you have the funds to do it, head over to quietbegins.com. Use the code BRAIN50. I don't know when that'll expire, but I think I'm just going to leave it on indefinitely uh, until further notice. So you might hear me talking about it in the future. And I want to thank Lori for joining the patron program. Thank you, Lori, joining the program. And I hope you're getting a lot out of the uh, patron site over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. Lori joined the program with a number of other people that have joined to help support the show. And um, I just want to let you know, if you join the program and you just want to join for a few months, that's totally up to you. You absolutely can do that. I try to make it easy for you to cancel Like I had someone reach out to me and say, hey, look, I'm trying to cancel and it won't work. And I said, oh, no problem. I'll I'll help you cancel. And then she wrote back and said, you know, I canceled my subscriptions to other places, but I thought about it and don't really want to cancel with you. So she's going to reinstate her subscription, which I think is amazing. So I want to thank her, too. Her name's Crystal, and I appreciate you, Crystal. And um, anyone that's in the patron program, I appreciate you. There's quite a number of people that have been there for a long time supporting the show thanking me for the value they get from the show, and I am just so grateful for them. If you are interested in supporting the show, you can head over to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. It's not Patreon. I know there's some podcasts out there that send you to Patreon. That's not it. (laughs) This is patron, P-A-T-R-O-N, .theoverwhelmedbrain.com. It's a long URL. I'm working on getting that shortened as we update the site, but that's where it is for now. So if you want to be a monthly subscriber or do a one-time donation, that's where you can do it. So thank you, Lori and Crystal, and everyone else in the patron program. I appreciate you. I also want to remind you about the other podcast that I do. If you've not heard it yet, it might be worth a listen. If you are dealing with any difficult people in your life, you have any type of relationship with a difficult person, Love and Abuse is the podcast you probably want to listen to. There's a lot of stuff about emotional abuse and manipulation and control, but regardless, even if you don't think you're experiencing that, you're going to get a lot about uh, relationship communication issues and how to overcome those. 
head over to loveandabuse.com to listen to that. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And this episode is inspired by someone who wrote me an email. I'm just going to read it. It's not too long. She said, Hi, Paul. I've been listening to your podcast. It has really helped me look at myself from a different perspective. I would like to thank you for that. It's been a positive outlook. However, I'm writing because I have a question, and I'd really appreciate if you could talk about this. My question is, in the episode of January 5th, 2020, you spoke about resolution is what helps connect after a disagreement. Uh, These were not the exact words, but that's what I could gather. Um, I think what she's talking about is if you have a fight with someone and you both decide, oh, you know, I probably said things I didn't mean. I'm so sorry. During that uh, phase of the communication, if you get to that phase, hopefully you do, where you're apologizing and you're so sorry, that's a moment of vulnerability for both of you. And that is a moment where you can reach an appreciation for one another and really connect at that deeper emotional space, that vulnerable space that helps you resolve the emotional tension that had occurred uh, earlier. So I I didn't re-listen to that, but I think that's what she's referring to. She goes on to say, what happens when the person we are in a disagreement with doesn't allow us an opportunity to reach a resolution? Instead, they shut us off before we could. They take us off all social media. They block us from meeting up with them or trying to connect with them through text or calling. How do we heal out of the situation like that, where we know that even a slight chance for resolution wasn't given to us? To reference the situation I'm talking about, I was seeing someone and things looked like they were going fine until one day they rang me and said that we are breaking up and you can meet me on this day to collect your stuff. I did get a closure, which was polite and drama-free, meaning there was no finger pointing. However, I was left feeling that there was no opportunity for us to get back together in the future, uh, and this person left me no words to even ask for a resolution. So from your podcast, I could gather that maybe it's something they need to deal with, and I'm okay with that, but I would like to know how do I move forward, accepting that I won't be given this opportunity and that it's okay. I hope my question makes sense. Thank you so much for the overwhelmed brain. Well, thank you so much for writing this and sharing this. I'm sorry that you went through that. And, you know, there's a couple ways I can answer this. A, listen to this episode. (laughs) But you've already gotten here, so you've already listened to it. I'm going to state what I said earlier. Sometimes people just change their mind, and we have no idea why, and they just move off into another direction. Those that don't share why they move off into that other direction, I don't think it's very kind And let me be careful how I say this because with some people, it's best to do what this person did. It's best to shut off communication and just block and move on. Maybe not with you. I'm not saying that the person who wrote this email, I'm not saying that you're a dangerous person or anything like that, but to them, they felt it was best to do it. Now, this could be this person's fear of confrontation that kicked in. Like, I don't want to have to deal with trouble in my life, so what I'm going to do is just block people off and move on. There are people like that and it sucks and we don't want it, but there are people like that and maybe there are no signs like I was talking about earlier. Maybe you couldn't see any sign and it just happened. Suddenly you're told to pick up your stuff. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Unfortunately, there are different personalities and different ways that people show up in the world and because we're not like them and they're not like us, we don't understand and we want to. 
I've made this my life's purpose. <laughs> I mean, this is what I do. I study why people do the things they do, why they have the behaviors they have, why they have the dysfunctions they have, why they put other people through misery. And I'm still working on it. I still don't know everything there is to know. There are still people that surprise me. I mean, oh, I have so many stories. But there's, there's just so many people that do so many things that are so far outside of what I would call normal behavior. It would be so easier if someone said, hey, look, I'm breaking up with you because I'm not attracted to you anymore. I'm attracted to someone else. It would hurt. <laughs> it would be the worst feeling in the world. Uh, or if they said, I'm breaking up with you because I want to have a relationship with somebody else. It may not even be about a lack of attraction towards you or not. But if they just said it, I just I want to have a relationship with somebody else. I'm not the kind of person that commits. How about that kind of truth? I'm not the kind of person that commits, so I just want to let you know. And you're going to ask, well, why didn't you tell me that at first? And then you're going to be like, well, maybe you can be a person that commits. And, you know, whatever thoughts that you have, you can bring it up if you wanted to. But it would be so much easier if people were truthful. The truth would hurt, but at least you'd get over that hump faster. It's that long, slow incline of this massive hill that you keep climbing up when you don't have closure because you're wondering, well, why did they do this? Why did they stop this? Why did they leave? And it's so much easier instead of this long, slow uphill climb to have a very short, hard climb of the truth. It's so much easier. And this is why I appreciate when people are direct just like when I tell people, hey, if you have a review for the show or my book, um, leave it. And even if it's negative, because I would rather be told the truth than to have somebody make stuff up. The truth helps me. The truth gives me something to work with. And I'm not saying that all truth is not painful. I mean, sometimes I get critical reviews. Sometimes I get critical thoughts about what I teach. Sometimes I get people that don't like me. And it always surprises me because I like me. But not everyone likes me <laughs> and not everyone is like me, just like not everyone likes you and not everyone is like you. And because of that, you have to accept it. And not everyone's going to explain what they do and you have to accept that. And it's hard to accept when you're the type of person that would explain why they're doing what they're doing. But they're not like you, just like most of us aren't like each other. There are nuances in each of us that will make differences big enough that might bother us about the other person. That person leaves the toothpaste cap off. That person leaves socks on the floor. That person leaves the toilet seat up. On and on and on. Little nuances. And these little nuances can turn into big issues. And then there are big nuances like that person never communicates. That person disconnects emotionally. That person doesn't want a family. That person does want a family. This person, that person, on and on and on. And when you come to accept that, wow, everyone's so different, how am I getting along with anyone? Then you start to settle in that anyone can change their mind at any time, and that's just the nature of who we are. And as defeating as that sounds, it also gives you a way out of obsessive thinking. And if you are obsessed about this lack of closure and you have this unfinished business, but you decide to accept that some people are like that and some people simply will never tell you what you want to hear and you'll just have to accept that, then having no choice causes forced acceptance, for lack of a better way to put it. You are forced to accept that that's who they are and that's how they showed up. And what I talked about today gives you some tools 
to help you into what the brain wants, which is closure. And you know, sometimes you just have to keep your mind open because you never know when that closure is going to come. Could come from them, could come from yourself, could come from a lesson 10 years down the road or 50 years down the road. Because if you just have faith that closure is going to come in one way, shape, or form, then the time it takes doesn't matter because you know it will come. At least you have faith that it will come. And when you accept that closure will come in one way, shape, or form, whether that's through self-reflection, self-nurturing, self-care, healing, learning, and growing, and getting into different relationships, doing different things in your life, the pieces will come together. They just may not do that in the time that you would like. That's why I always say keep an open mind because you never know how you're going to be empowered. That empowerment comes in so many different ways. Don't limit it to only one way. If you think the only way I can get closure is if that person tells me why they did what they did. If that's your only criteria, you may be unhappy for the rest of your life. And I don't want that. Keep your mind open. This will help you step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Keep looking forward. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what somebody told you that limited you or made you feel less than who you really are, because you're so much more. You are amazing.